You're listening to the B-Fox and B-Frank show. We have finally made it. This is our official March Madness preview, bracket breakdown, whatever you want to call it. We did not get to do this last year, which was very upsetting for, for everyone who likes the sport of college basketball as much as we do. So we are doubly excited to get going on this year's. And even though neither of our teams are participating, that has really not killed much, if any, of my enthusiasm. And I, I think... I can say the same for you. Yeah, you know, it, it would have been nice to see Seton Hall in Indiana playing, you know, maybe maybe in a first four game, really pit us against each other. But that that's how things work out sometimes. And uh, I think both of us have received some, some decently good news following the uh, conclusion of our seasons as we both turned down bids to the NIT. But uh, there, there was additional news that happened. We'll talk about that later this week or at some other point. But for now, it's bracket time. So let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to do longtime listeners. Remember, pretty much the same format we always do. We'll start out in the West region. Top seeds in this region, of course. Number one overall seed, Gonzaga. Two seed, Iowa. Three seed, Kansas. Virginia and Creighton rounding out the top five. Start big picture. Who do you like coming out of the West? As uh, as you know, we are officially a Gonzaga podcast at this point. So obviously, I am going with our Zags. Um, they played maybe their second worst or worst game of the season against BYU in that WCC championship game. And that was a lot of people, I think, their first impression of Gonzaga this season. BYU shot the lights out in the first half, played phenomenally well, and still lost by 10. And BYU is no slouch. This team is on a different level than basically everyone else in the entire country. As we've talked about time and time again, we would have loved to have seen Baylor and Gonzaga play because that would have been an unbelievable barometer for how quickly they could run through this tournament or how confident we should be that they will run through this tournament. I'm going to stick with it either way. As you have mentioned on Twitter.com, everyone's favorite website, they have beaten the top, the other top three seeds in this region already. Um, so if you're a team like Iowa, you've got to be kind of pissed off that you end up getting Gonzaga, a team that had put up almost 100 points on you. Kansas has given up 100 points to this Gonzaga team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like the Zags. I think they've got a, a nice road to the final four and and I expect to see them there. And I think the other thing that really helps out Gonzaga, I have for the Zags as well. Um, I think the other thing that really helps out Gonzaga is that some of their, what should be their biggest challengers are dealing with off the court stuff. Like Virginia and Kansas are going to be dealing with their COVID issues just as much as they are preparing for whatever tournament runs they might be going on. Mm-hmm. Um, even at, we saw it happen at full strength um, when Gonzaga played them earlier in the year. Obviously not a guarantee that history will repeat itself, but you take the fact that we already have empirical evidence that Gonzaga is much better head-to-head and then also throw the wrench in of positive tests within the program um, that they're just going to be coming back from. You know, Virginia's quarantining um, until Thursday, then then coming down and and trying to get together and and play a game on Saturday. Uh, So that's going to be tough for them in their first-round game against Ohio, but I, yeah, as the bracket was revealed, it just looks like um, the the perfect path for Gonzaga, and they have been far and away the best team in the country this year. Their five, I mean, you could you could find all American spots for all of them. And mm-hmm. their starters, they have just been that good. Um, so I 
I like them to advance. I think they'll they'll take down Luca and Iowa in the regional final. I will. I have Kansas making it okay. to the regional final, but I am uh, I'm with you on all that. And I think the the point you brought up near the end was is the most important. Is you you can make an argument that all five guys in their lineup are all Americans, and if one guy is off, it does not kill them. It is not like Iowa, where if Luca is off. They need to play defense, otherwise they're done. It's not like Kansas, where they need to have a, a huge game from from one of their guys. You know, someone's got to lead the team in scoring. You know, McCormick had been that guy down the stretch, and then obviously dealt with some some COVID slash contact contact tracing issues and what have you. Um, and that saw them bow out of the Big Twelve tournament. But this team has so many different weapons and can beat you from so many different levels. Yeah, and. Like Jalen Suggs has definitely been that guy to take over games for them at times over the course of the year. Um, but if he's having an off night, like you said, Corey Kispert is just as capable. They can run through Drew Timmy in the post. Joel AI has had a phenomenal season. So, yeah, it's that's why they're undefeated. That's why they have beaten every team they've played except one by double digits this year. They are just completely different animal from most other teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we talked favorites. Let's talk some underdogs. Um, looking at some of these first-round matchups, is there a lower seed or several that you uh, that you like to pull the upset and, and advance out of the first round? Yeah, so I only have one in this region, and it is UC Santa Barbara over Creighton. I think... I think Creighton is about as done as any team in the country. I think the Big East in general is is in huge trouble coming into the NCAA tournament. They're two standard bearers, Villanova and Creighton. Villanova obviously dealing with a bunch of injuries and some issues there. Creighton just got mollywopped by Georgetown, who was playing their fourth game in four days. And like, yes, there's something to be said about, you know, the magic of MSG and runs like that. But at the same time, you've got to deal with all, you know, you've got the expectation of being a five seed going up against one of the better mid-major teams in the entire country. And Santa Barbara, I think, is going to be ready to play. And if they if they land the first punch, it could be a quick day for Creighton. I have the same. Uh, I have quite a few upsets in this region, but I will 100% agree with you on this one. Um, I mean, Creighton is stumbling. We saw what happened the last time they played a 12 seed. In their last game, they lost by 25. And I, I think Santa Barbara on paper is a – better team than Georgetown. I don't think that's a controversial statement at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Decorey McLaughlin will be a great matchup um, going head to head with Marcus Zagorowski, but I think the Gauchos have more on the interior. Um, you know, the guys like Amadou So, Miles Norris, they have a bunch of guys in the rotation who are high major transfers who have come kind of revitalized their careers at UC Santa Barbara. So it's, it's not a typical big West caliber team. I think it's much better than that. And, I mean, just the trajectory of, of both team seasons, complete opposite. So I, uh, I think Creighton's season will uh, be cut short here. And, and to be fair to the Big West, they, they have, of the past few years, been putting together very quality, you know, Cinderella-type teams. If you remember Irvine from a few seasons ago, uh, they had a nice little run. But, yeah, I, I'm completely with you there. Creighton, Creighton's biggest deficiency is in the interior, and that is where uh, Irvine – has a very clear advantage. So expect them to take full, uh, full 
advantage of that opportunity there. So Santa Barbara won uh, one, one double-digit seed I had advanced, and I actually have three in this region. Oh, wow. Uh, because I like chaos, and we got off to a hot start. Um, I also really like the winner of uh, Wichita State and Drake. I think it'll be Wichita State, but I, I like them to take down USC. Evan Mobley has been one of the best players in the entire country. The problem with USC this season, though, has been they have really played down to teams that they are better than on paper. And mm -hmm. Wichita State has kind of done the opposite. Like, they have they have played up to their level of competition. They did a lot more in the American than we expected this season. Preseason seventh ended up winning the regular season title. And I, I think we were all pretty thankful to see them included in the field, even though they did not win the tournament. Um, but I... I think Mobley is going to get his, but Wichita State is going to be able to get enough from the rest of the roster. Uh, Tyson ECN, first team All American, um, All American Conference. Not, yes, not yes, yes, yes. <laughs> not nationally. Uh, I, I knew where you were going. So Seventeen points per game, um, but he he is um, extremely talented. I think Wichita will get by Drake in that first four matchup, as we alluded to on past shows. Drake dealing with injuries to a number of key players um, despite having a great season. Um, but I, I like Wichita to knock off USC or if it's Drake, I'm still going to go with Drake. I, I just don't have that much confidence in USC. Um, but that's, that, that's where I'm standing on that. I don't disagree. I just think something's got to give at some point for USC. And if there's ever a year, I think this is it. I, I'm glad to see Wichita State included, but my goodness, could they have gotten a better draw? Could a six seed have gotten a better draw than USC did? I don't think so. You've got Wichita State, who has outperformed drastically, as we've talked about all season long. They are talented, but they aren't nearly as talented as Southern Cal. And then Drake, like you said, a team that is completely beat up, like – you're getting a team that is already playing a game pretty quick in pretty quick succession going up against your way more talented roster on multiple days rest, getting, you know, getting ready to play for this game. So I, I was tempted. I think Drake wins this game. Actually, I think it's very tight, but I think Drake wins. Um, but I've got USC beating the winner of the playing game. My counter to that is USC should have cruised to the regular season and tournament titles in the Pac-12, and they did not. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there there are West Coast teams who are six seeds who I love their draws, so we'll get to those later. Um, USC was not one of them. Uh, the, the, lat, the, the other double-digit seed I had advancing was VCU over Oregon, um, fresh off a, a runner-up finish in the A-10 tournament to a very good St. Bonaventure team. Bones Highland is a big-time camp of candidate, and VCU yeah. also plays their same style of basketball where they will speed you up, turn you over, top six nationally in steals and blocks, so they can turn games chaotic very quickly and have a, a lead guard of Highland's caliber who's averaging just a hair under 20 points per game. He can swing games, um, and I, I think he'll be able to swing this one over Oregon, it's not as strong a team as Dana Altman typically has. And even though he is one of the better coaches in the country, I think that VCU will have too much for the Ducks in this one. So this is actually, looking ahead, this is my most intriguing matchup of the first round in this region. Okay. Um, 
I do have Oregon winning, and I have Oregon beating Iowa because this is Dana Altman's time of year. This is where he comes alive. Uh, yes, they aren't as talented as Oregon teams of past, but they were probably the quietest 20-game winning team in the entire country this year. Um, could that be because they're in the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 was not very fun to watch this year? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but they've got they've still got so much talent on this team and just being able to get guys like Will Richardson back is huge for them. They don't have Peyton Pritchard like they did the last few years. But they've got enough guys that I think they are they're a matchup uh, problem for their their first two opponents in VCU and probably Iowa. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a great game. I I wanted for my most intriguing game, I wanted to go with one I wasn't already picking as an upset. Um, but I, I think that's a very fair choice. And yeah, I think whoever gets out of there will give Iowa one heck of a game because I can see Iowa struggling with with a Dana Ullman coach team. I can see Iowa struggling with a team as scrappy and will create as much pressure as VCU does, um, really bringing them out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, but my most intriguing first-round matchup, I'm going with Virginia versus Ohio in the 4-13 matchup. The defending uh, champs? Technically, yes. For <laughs> Virginia will be dealing with the, uh, the COVID issues, but they're also going to have to deal with Ohio, who happens to be a very good basketball team, top 30 nationally in uh, offensive efficiency, also boasts one heck of a player in Jason Preston, who you might remember from earlier in the year, gave Illinois 31 points and eight assists as Ohio only lost to the Illini by two. And yes, you can say that was a while ago. Illinois has gotten better since then, but Ohio is has survived what was a, a very solid Mac this year um, did not come to the tournament as the top seed. The, I mean, the state of Ohio in the Mac was really as good. good as I can remember in a while. Um, and I, I think it's going to cause, he is going to cause major issues for a Virginia team that, you know, has been quarantining for most of, of the last week and will do so until close to right up until they're about to play. I think in the end, Virginia is going to win out, but I think it's going to be one of those games where Ohio gets, you know, eight to 10 point lead in the first half. And it's one of those games where you are on the edge of your seat, waiting to see if, if an upset will actually come. Um, but I, I do like Virginia to advance, but I, I think this will be one of the best first round games in this region. Definitely on paper looks that way. And the hope is just Ohio needs to hit shots early. And I mean, that's that's the case for basically any of these smaller schools or lower seeds. Get some confidence. Hit a couple of shots. Get the I mean, there's not really a crowd, but get the, the whatever crowd is available there into it early. Get them on your side. Not that it's going to be hard, but get them on your side and then ride the momentum from there. Obviously, Virginia is going to try and slow this game down as much as humanly possible because that is how they play basketball. Get Preston out in transition, get him running, get the team going a little bit, and see if you can pull off the big upset. Um, they aren't the quickest tempo, but I'd expect them to try and push it a little bit against Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I've, everybody compared to Virginia looks like they are a, a fast break up and down team. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that's easier said than done, but the 
the best way to beat a, a pack line team, just make it rain. Go go wet from deep. Yep. Um, so yeah, that uh those are the first round games we like. Um other players in this region you're keeping an eye on that we might not have touched on so far. Guard play for Iowa. I mean, that is going to dictate how far they can get in this entire tournament. They've got some injuries to deal with. Obviously, we know what Luca Garza can do, but like what is a Wieskamp or a Bohannon able to do to alleviate the pressure off of a guy like Luca Garza and maybe even save his legs for late periods in the second half where they might need him to go one-on-one consistently and get some buckets. I mean, as we saw in the Big Ten tournament, like that's that's basically what happens when it gets down to this time of year. You find your best player, you try and isolate, and you let them go to work. Travion Williams did it for Purdue. EJ Liddell was doing it for uh, Ohio State. Io DeSumo was doing it for Illinois. I mean, that is that is what these big teams and big-time teams do when the going gets tough. And they're going to be close games for for everyone here. Um, so I'm intrigued by Iowa's guard play to see how they can help Luca Garza and maybe even take some of the pressure off of him. Yeah, same wavelength. I specifically wanted to uh, to see what Joe Wieskamp can do um, to same thing alleviate some of that pressure off Luca Garza. The good news for Iowa is that this region is not really ripe with big men that can specifically cause problems for Garza unless USC is able to make a run to the Sweet 16, um, Mm -hmm. which I I don't think they'll do. But outside of Evan Mobley, I'm I'm not really seeing someone that that Iowa could realistically play that will have a chance to completely overpower Luca Garza. Um, I I think he matches up very well with, you know, Jay Hoff or, or even a guy like Drew Timmy. I think both guys can, can give each other buckets without, um, you know, being too dominated, but right, he's going to, he's going to need help. He's going to need help from, from the rest of his, uh, his roster. And then the eight, nine game, we haven't really talked about two teams that are really limping into the tournaments. Yeah. Uh, like Drew Smith for Missouri and, and Austin Reeves for Oklahoma, two of the guys to watch in that matchup. Um, it's, it, it, it kind of got to the point near the end of the season where it felt like, at times, these teams just wanted to wrap it up and, and go home. Somebody's got to get out of this game with a win. I think whoever plays better out of those two guys will will be the one to do it. Yeah, I, I actually love Oklahoma in this game. I think they win this one pretty easily. I, I just don't – Missouri just doesn't seem to have it at this time of year, and they, they seem to have run out of gas pretty quick. Um, obviously, having that hot start – win over Illinois, and then coming into SEC play, playing pretty well, sands that Tennessee blowout, but then they made up for it. Um, I just – I don't see Missouri getting out of this game. I think Oklahoma is far more battle-tested. Obviously, the Big 12 was a gauntlet this year, and they have just just more weapons, in my opinion, that can get it done. Like Brady Manick has not been playing very well lately, but he is a guy that can go off and, and change a game for your team. Well, I took Mizzou for the, the same, kind of the same logic. Uh, Oklahoma really fell off a cliff after January. Um, I think there's a little bit more juice in that Missouri lineup, um, especially if Jeremiah Tillman can kind of get back to anywhere near the level he was playing earlier in the season. Um, and I don't know. It's it. I I would say it's probably the 
the weakest eight nine matchup we have in this year's field though yeah i i actually for the first time ever i feel very confident in all my eight nine games normally i i feel like it can be a, a coin flip as is as it is supposed to be because they are the two closest seeded teams in the entire tournament but i uh i feel pretty confident in my picks i'm very confident in half of mine so <laughs> you are you are so far the winner there um let's uh get to the south plus you have any other closing thoughts on the west no let's let's get to the south all right south region um the the presumed number two team for most of the year baylor and the number two overall seed um other top seeds in the region number two ohio state and arkansas purdue and villanova rounding out the top five who you like me to get out of the south it's got to be baylor i i hate to to go chalk so early but until Baylor shows us a reason, and I guess at this point it'll be too late. But yeah. until Baylor shows us a reason to pick against them, they uh, they've just looked so good all year long. Um, they they even through COVID pauses and whatever else have come out and and won some big games and and won some games really they should have lost because they just weren't playing as well or opponents were playing that well. But they they play so so good defensively. Their guards are unbelievable, and then they've got a glue guy that Fran Fraschilla loves. And if he were on any of these broadcasts, he would tell you about him. But Mark Vital, he uh, he does a little bit of everything. And um, despite having a tough second-round matchup, I like Baylor to advance out of the South. Yeah, Baylor does not have an easy path at all, especially when you compare it to what we just talked about with the West. But I do like Baylor to get out of this. I like them uh, – to beat Arkansas in the regional final. Uh, I, I like the way the Hogs are playing under the must bus. Um, yeah, but, you know, if if it goes all chalk, you would see Baylor playing North Carolina team, playing very well, Purdue's playing very well, and Ohio State, who playing very well, just took Illinois to overtime in the Big Ten title game. Mm -hmm. Despite all that, the Bears have been – so so consistently good all year um jared butler deserve it first team all american um and it is very very close to the same team as last year um should have been country. big 12 player of the year yeah that's it um but I, i'm sure he would uh would happily take a, a national championship in lieu of that um yes will that happen we'll see come back later in the show but uh, I, I, I really just love what Scott Drew has done with the program. Um, you know, despite all the jokes, he's done a, a phenomenal job and, you know, they, they lock you down defensively. They're the best three point shooting team in the country. Um, they've got so many weapons that can beat you. And I, I think teams are going to be scrambling to, to figure out a way to solve the bears and no one in this region is going to be successful. No, they, they are. I won't say head and shoulders because it's not the same as Gonzaga, but they are definitely ahead of all of these teams and, and look to be a comfortable pick for at least an Elite Eight run. I mean, you can Arkansas or Ohio State, assuming things go chalk, is not an easy draw to get to the Final Four. No, no not at all. But they are they're up to the task. Yes. I, I believe in the Bears. Any upsets in this region that you're liking? I do. I, I was very close 
picking another 5-12. I did not. I think in the end, Villanova gets over the hump. I just think that they're, they got their loss out of the way. They, they got their bad loss out of the way. Let me say that. Um, and in that game, they honestly didn't even play that poorly. They were a Jeremiah Robinson Earl missed free throw away from overtime and or just a better last possession with four seconds left. But I will take Utah State over Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is a team that I've been talking about all year long as someone that I love. I, I think this is such a talented roster. Chris Beard is such a great coach. They just cannot put it together offensively. They they are five individual pieces that don't really work together yet. And I thought at some point they would figure it out offensively, and they just have not seemed to have done it. A regular year, I think this team starts to click around mid to late February, and all of a sudden we're seeing like a real, you know, dragon coming out of the cave for whatever that analogy is. Um, in March, where they are just stomping teams, and that you know as a shortened weird season that we had this year, that was not able to be the case. And I think Utah state is playing their best basketball of the season. And they've got a big man in Nemus Cata. That's just too, too much for this Texas tech team to handle. I'm with you there. We uh, we're starting with my two most upset filled regions. I do like Utah state over Texas tech too. Part of the problem is you reference Texas tech's offensive struggles is that Utah state is a top 10 defensive team in the country, right. the combination of Kada and Justin Bean on the inside is mm -hmm. just going to give Chris Beard's team all kinds of fit. So very tough matchup for the Red Raiders. Conversely, I like that Utah State's not only in the field, but does not even have to play in the first four, because I think there was a little bit of doubt about that with the way that their, uh, their resume came together. But I do like Utah State. I also do like Winthrop. I know that they have not played the toughest schedule, so when you look at their one-loss record, it can be a bit deceiving, but I think no Colin Gillespie for Villanova going up against a team that is top 25 nationally and forcing turnovers is going to be a big ask, um, and I think it's going to be a coming-out party for Chandler Vaudrin, who is one of the more well-rounded players in the country that not a lot of people have heard of, but I think with this opportunity on the big stage, Winthrop is going to get another uh, another big March victory. They like the score. And so this is definitely going to be a fun game. I think Villanova needs to dictate tempo. If if not, it could be a long, long game for Jay Wright's team. Uh, two very different styles, and, and they actually defend decently well. But it's going to be hard. you got to defend Justin Moore. you got to defend Jermaine Samuels. You've got to defend Jeremiah Robinson Earl. But on the other side, like you said, Chandler Vaughn, you've got to defend him as well. And, and Villanova showed that they were not up to the task to defend against their last opponent, which was Georgetown, who I think are on a pretty even playing field with uh, Winthrop. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the two weakest 12 seeds in the field are the ones from the power conferences pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um, so I like obviously they're playing their best basketball of the season right now, but I think the full body of work from Santa Barbara and Winthrop just blows them out of the water. Um, so I'd be I'd be very concerned about this matchup if I'm Jay Wright. Mm -hmm. Which uh, which first round game catches your eyes most intriguing in this region? Arkansas and Colgate, no doubt. Um, Colgate loves to push the tempo. They love to shoot. They can score a ton. Arkansas obviously loves to do the same thing. I think a lot of people called this one out on 
the twitter.com as uh, as it was revealed because whatever the total is set at it is not high enough unless both of these teams just go ice cold but i'm super excited for that game it feels like one where we could see like a 99 90 final and uh both teams would still have plenty left in the tank to to keep going and run up and down and score but i uh i still like arkansas in the game and i like arkansas to advance out of that but this one should be a high-scoring, fun game. Yeah, um, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun, and it'll be the uh, sort of sort of jumpstart entertainment that gets Arkansas to the Elite Eight. When you referenced Twitter, I thought you were going in a different direction because the joke I saw made um, time and again was just Arkansas versus dental hygiene, and right? Their biggest rival, so. Those jokes write themselves as well. Um, but yeah, Col- Colgate was just a team that, for whatever reason, the net loved all year long. And they were kind of the biggest test case for where they would end up being seated. 14 seems reasonable um, for a team coming out of the Patriot League. We have had some notable results before, such as Bucknell over Kansas. Um, it's not out of the question for Colgate to do the same here. But in terms of just quality of playing style, um, just being aesthetically pleasing, I think this is uh, the game to keep an eye on um, in the first round, at least. But 100%. I went on with... the flip side, though, like the game I could not care less about, and I hope it's not the one you're about to say, but Florida totally Virginia is. Tech. I cannot, <laughs> I could not care less about that game. Yeah, that's that's my, so <laughs> that's my third um, double digits seed advancing. Oh, um, I think Virginia Tech was underseeded and Florida was overseeded. Um, so I, I think they'll they'll meet somewhere in the middle here. Like I don't care at all about North Carolina, Wisconsin. I think North Carolina is going to dunk them into oblivion. Yeah. Um Virginia Tech, Florida though, um, it was another interesting test case because F- Virginia Tech did miss so many games um, after such a hot start to the season it became a little bit more difficult to evaluate them. Um, I mean Virginia Tech already had a strong input from former Mike Young players at Wofford, and that will continue as Storm Murphy um, joins them in the future. But it'll it'll be very contrasting uh, kind of strength on strength matchup in this one that that is intriguing to me. Like Virginia Tech does run very good action offensively, and I, I think that's why. Mike Young has been so successful, even though the odds are seemingly stacked against him. But in ACC play, they were really limiting people with their defense. Um, And they were one of the strongest teams in the conference in that regard. Florida was able to make it through the SEC and and play themselves into contention for the seventh seed, deserved or not, by leading the conference in shooting. Um, so I think it'll be whoever wins that matchup on that side of the floor is going to advance here. I think Ohio State's going to be a heavy favorite over whoever advances, but just mm-hmm. like in small picture, the first round, that's the matchup that intrigues me the most. Love it. I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be <laughs> that game. You, yeah. I knew what you were going to uh, to shit on as soon as you started talking because, well – it's been a it's been a season of that. Yeah, and and when Florida wins in the opening round, that will be my 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 greatest moment of the year. Just saying from the beginning that Virginia Tech are a bunch of frauds. Big for a future Duke coach, Mike White. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, who are who are some other players you're keeping an eye on 
in this region. Basically, the only game we haven't talked about is Ohio State, Oral Roberts. Uh, Oral Roberts, another team that likes to push the tempo, can score a ton. They shoot 39% from three as a team. Max Abmus and Kevin Obenor are both very good players, uh, both shooting over 43% from beyond the arc. Obenor actually shooting over 50% from the field and both close to 90% from the free throw line. So uh, a two-headed monster for the Buckeyes to deal with there. But Again, I think Ohio State wins this one pretty easily, but it'll be a fun one to see because if if those two get going, you don't know what could happen. Just just given the confidence and the their ability to score, um, Abmus went off for forty one just like two weeks ago against Western Illinois. Yeah, Abmus is the leading scorer in the country um, and just really really went off in the Summit League tournament that was. Pretty unpredictable in times. So, I mean, even the championship game, um, really a lot of a uh, lot of back and forth there. But ultimately, going up against Ohio State, I think is going to be a big ask. But that is about as good a player as you'll find on a 15 seed. Um, so Chris Holdman is going to have to put a lot of attention his way. Um, mm-hmm. For Ohio State, I mean, EJ Liddell gets a lot of headlines, but Dwayne Washington has been. He was Very so consistent good from the outside has hit a three in every game this season. So, I mean, he's somebody you have to build your perimeter defense around essentially. Um, and you can really say the same thing for, even though, like I said, I don't expect the win Demetric Trice on Wisconsin, Illinois fans know how quickly he can heat up. He scored 20 all by himself um, unanswered in that game to lead a furious Wisconsin comeback that ultimately just came up short. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina has been dominating teams from the inside. Armando Baycott, Daron Sharp um, have just they, – they are just more physically imposing than the big men that just about any other team in the country can put out. Um, so that's going to be a big ask for everyone, anyone and, and a very big ask for, for Baylor, presumably, in the second round if they advance. Um, and then shout-out North Texas, Javian Hamlet, back-to-back first-teamer, all-conference USA, I think Purdue wins and makes the Sweet 16. Um, so yep. I'm just as unbiased as they come. But I, I think he'll uh, he'll give the Boilers some buckets in the first round. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think uh, the only – no, I, th- I think that's it. I don't think I have anyone else to shout out here. Everyone knows basically every player on Texas Tech. We don't really need to go down that road. So there we are. Riff Raff's cousin, Mac DeClung. Yep. Good job. All right. Well then, let's mosey on down to the Midwest where storylines abound, even though, as you know, the committee isn't about that life. Never. Uh, top seed, Illinois. Then you've got Houston, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Tennessee rounding out the top five seeds in the Midwest. Who are you liking to advance to the final four? I've got West Virginia. I, I think we get a Big 12 rematch, West Virginia and Oklahoma State in the Elite Eight. I, I'm not high on Illinois, and that is much to the chagrin of a lot of our friends and a lot of my family, uh, some of whom are, are texting me right at this moment because they are not happy with me. I legitimately think Illinois could lose to Loyola in the second round. I don't think it'll happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Oklahoma State, though, is going to give them fits. I, I don't think it's a good matchup for Illinois. Um, they need their ancillary parts to really play well, 
and I don't know that I see them doing that against a, a battle-tested team like Oklahoma State. But uh, I'm going to go West Virginia. Roundabout way to say I'm taking a team I was not talking about at all, West Virginia, who I think has had just a, a really good year and has a very nice draw to get to the Elite Eight. Okay, so th this is the region where we will be very far apart on a lot of stuff, I think. Yes. But I I referenced Baylor's draw last region, but I don't think that compares at all to the brutal draws that Illinois and Michigan got as one seeds. Um, just you can write in pretty much walkover wins over the 16 seeds generally, unless you're Virginia. But after that, it is uh, – it is precarious to say the least. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've actually got uh, Houston coming out of this region. Kelvin Sampson um, wow. makes his long truly unbiased. <laughs> I, I I've never said I don't think I ever said a bad word about Kelvin Sampson. Um, but yeah, the uh, makes his long-awaited return to the Final Four. Um, it I the we we've been hard on Houston at times this season, but I think really what you can attribute it to is. They just got bored. They were they were bored yeah. with uh, in the American a little bit, um, and once it really mattered, um, you saw in the American title game, a tournament they haven't had a lot of success in because Cincinnati's owned. They just blew the doors off of Cincinnati, and obviously the Bearcats are not nearly as good this year as they have been the past several years. But I, I think that was just a reminder, like, hey, don't forget about us. We're still one of the best teams in the country, and I think. Um, they they do have a very good trio with Grimes, Sasser, and Jarreau, um, who can who can play with just about anybody in the country. They're a little more limited on the interior, so if they do match up with Illinois, as I anticipate they will in the Elite Eight, Coburn's going to just be an absolute load. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's true for most teams, and I think that. Having Kelvin Kelvin Sampson in your corner who can flat out coach is is going to be a huge help. They defend very very well, um, and I think that Grimes, the uh, Kansas transfer, is going to carry them to the Final Four. I will say quickly, just going back to yours, if we do get a West Virginia Baylor in the Final Four, the number of think pieces that will come out um, basically amounting to. Was the Big 12 actually the best conference in the country this year? Will be will be countless. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent, especially given that I, I won't I won't put the spoiler out there just yet. But yes. <laughs> you can you can most yeah. people can connect the dots from there. We'll see. Uh but yeah, I I like Houston. So this would uh would be a real shame if if Illinois were to not make it. Truly. Um I have a lot of upsets. By a lot, I mean three. But okay. I have, I have I, a lot. That's, that's what I had in the first two regions. So I'm I'm pretty upset free in this one. So this is this is your time to shine. I don't think Oregon State is that good a team, but I don't think Tennessee is alive anymore. This is this is a team without a pulse. I feel I feel basically the same way about all the five seeds. They they feel like floundering teams. Um, that are just catching other squads on the rise and that are playing some very good basketball right now. Um, Oregon State, I think, will pick off Tennessee in the in a tight game, in an ugly game, in the opening round. Um, I also, I hate this pick, but 
they got in without having to play in the first four somehow. And so I have to take Syracuse to beat San Diego State because this is a game forever that I've picked against. And Syracuse, every single season, shoves it in my face. Um, I think San Diego State is a good team. When it comes tournament time, though, everyone forgets how to play against that goddamn 2-3 zone. And that is exactly what's going to happen here. Um, and then the last one, I think Rutgers cruises past Clemson. Also incredibly unbiased and big move of me to pick the Scarlet Knights. I actually think they can make the Sweet 16 and maybe even an Elite Eight run, which pisses me off to no end. Because if they have this dog shit of a season where, you know, it's supposed to be the best team in 30 years and they're close to the top 10 and whatever else. And then next thing you know, they get a 10 seed and make a run to, you know, a deep run in the NCAA tournament. I would be very upset after uh, they greatly underachieved. Best thing that can happen is Alamir Dawes goes off for Clemson, Jersey kid, um, and then just blows out Rutgers and they can go home nice and easy or Rutger, excuse me. They have not earned the S as many people forget. And, and that would be great. But I, this, this draw just seems too good for them. They get two teams that basically play the exact same style that they do. And uh, the, the the group has just continuously been quoted as saying like, well, nothing's really, you know, when they're losing games, they're like, well, nothing's really started yet. We haven't played the games that matter. Like as if they're only focused on March. Clemson Rutgers is a game I want absolutely no part of. Mm. Um, that, mm -hmm. that, will, that will be a very ugly basketball game. Yeah. Um, also forgot from the top to shout out, the constructors of the bracket for just loading up this region with almost all of the orange teams in the field. Uh, so right. Good on you for that. Um, but I, uh, I don't have a single first round upset. Uh, wow. One through eight are all going through. Um, my one deviation I would say is I, I not only have San Diego state beating Syracuse, I also have them beating West Virginia and making it to the Sweet 16, um, making up for for missing out on last year a little bit. Um, they have been very under the radar. We really haven't heard much from them since back-to-back -back losses to Utah State two months ago. They have not lost since, and I think they match up well against Syracuse because they are a very good three-point shooting team. Jordan Shackle alone shoots about 47% from distance, so... He is mm -hmm. going to absolutely go off. And Matt Mitchell is one of the best players in the Western United States. And I think he will really shine on the big stage in the NCAA tournament. So like them over Syracuse, like them over West Virginia. That's my that's my sleeper in the region is, is the Aztecs. My my counterpoint to that is Buddy Bayheim is maybe the hottest player in college basketball right now. He is one of my players to watch, but let's uh, need more than that to uh, to win games. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, my I guess the sleeper team would be Oklahoma State, but that's not much of a sleeper. Um, I mean, maybe you could say West Virginia is the three seed making it out. But, yeah, I, I don't foresee anyone else really making a run outside of, of – the top four. Uh, like I said, I it would be just poetic if Rutgers made a run. It would be very annoying. I can see it because it is stylistically the exact same team that they are, Clemson and Houston, but I, uh, I don't think they get that lucky. 
We we don't need that in the year 2021. We've had a bad enough year already. All right. We talked we said at the top, neither of our teams are in. Yeah, it's fine. Brighter days are ahead. They are. Um, okay, yeah. So Buddy Beheim was one who are some other players that you're keeping an eye on in this region. Or actually, uh, sorry, I skipped a step. Most intriguing first round game, who I I have a hunch we might have the same one, but start us off. Yeah, it's Loyola Georgia Tech. I uh I think Loyola wins this one pretty easily. I don't think Georgia Tech is that good, but they are playing some very good basketball right now. Um, this is this is one of those things where I think Josh Pastner might get in his own head and like try and tinker a little too much with the lineup instead of just keeping a good thing going. Uh, they are they are the more talented of the two teams, but Loyola is extremely well coached and plays phenomenal defense. Yeah, Georgia Tech is playing well, but it. it... It feels disingenuous. It's an ACC to, well, though. Yeah, it, it also feels disingenuous to, like, give them a ton of credit for winning the ACC tournament. Like, you beat Florida State. That's a very good win. But that was pretty much all it amounted to. You also beat Miami and had yeah. a walk over to the final. So, like, not going to throw you a parade, but I will acknowledge that you are playing well and kind of meeting expectations as they were set before the season, uh, before they – lost their first couple out of the gate and, and fell right. off the map a little bit. But yeah, Loyola probably as underseeded as there is a team in the field. You can understand why just looking at limited opportunities against fellow tournament teams um, and didn't perform very well when they had an opportunity against Wisconsin. But Cam Crutwig um, is one of the best centers in the country. I'm um, certainly your, your prototypical mid-major center. Really like to run the offense through him and surround him with shooters. And Loyola is elite defensively. They are second defensively on Ken Palm. The first, if you're just looking at accounting stat, like points allowed per game. Um, so it's going to be a big ask for Georgia Tech. Moses Wright has been having a phenomenal season, 15 yeah. and eight against Florida State in the ACC championship game. They have a great backcourt, as we've referenced. So it's it's a pretty high-level 8-9 game. Um, but I, I'm with you. I like Loyola to advance. And uh, I, I think everybody really wants to see an Illinois-Loyola matchup in the second round. Definitely. Uh, it would be just just set the city on fire, you know? That, that's what we need to see. Could happen, yeah. Uh, all right. So now we can get to other players to watch in the region. Yeah, obviously uh, some guy named Cade Cunningham is probably someone to keep an eye on. Yeah. Number one overall pick. Somehow the big, uh, big, not biggies, big 12 player of the year, um, despite the fact that should not have been him, but he's obviously having a phenomenal season and is single-handedly leading a young Oklahoma State team to a top four seed. Um, Buddy Bayheim, as we mentioned, but I think the more important piece is Joe Girard. Uh, as as his Robin, they, Buddy Behan can't do it all. Obviously, San Diego State has been a very good defensive team the last couple seasons. They're going to key in on Buddy Behan, believe it or not. When a guy scores half your points in like three or four straight games, he's going to get some attention. So can Joe Girard, a guy who scored about a billion points in high school, turn it over and start to be that scoring uh, that high scoring caliber player that he was and that they expected? Um, 
I mentioned Clemson. I've got uh, Geo Baker, I think, is the guy for Rutgers. I'm going to continue saying that. Jacob Young has had a monster year, and he's done a ton. But this is the time where you need your senior leader, Geo Baker, to step up and start doing something. Um, Ron Harper, also a guy. But, yeah. And then Tennessee, like, what is the status of John Fulkerson? Is he healthy? Is he going to play? What's going on there? And then Eve Pons has to continue to play well. Otherwise, they are going to be out very quickly. Yeah, it's a tough matchup in the first round um, with Ethan Thompson of Oregon State, especially if you don't have Fulkerson or, or you have Fulkerson not even close to 100%. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, Amir Sims, Clemson, um, one of the, the bright spots consistently throughout the season. They've had a, an up and down year as a team. Um, and then we haven't talked about Liberty, um, who – yeah, a couple of years ago, did upset Mississippi State in a 12-5 game. Tough, tough draw going up against a red-hot Oklahoma State team with Cade Cunningham. But they do shoot the ball extremely well, six nationally in three-point shooting. Darius McGee is their most lethal shooter. He's hit 93 of them on the year. They like to play a pack line style, uh, so it could be difficult at times for Oklahoma State to get opportunities. I don't like them to win, but Darius McGee, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um, mm-hmm. If you can, it'll be hard with Cade Cunningham there, but right. try America. Just remember, there are other players. Yeah, there are a couple others. All right. Um, so we have one region to go. It is the East. Michigan just held on to that final one seed um, started off the season red hot, kind of stumbled to the finish, and, and now dealing with additional adversity when Isaiah Livers will be available again. Um, but they are the one seed Alabama, Texas, Florida State, Colorado, routing out the top five seeds in this region. Who's your final team in the final four? It's going to be Florida State. I, uh, I have been all over. The Coach Hammy, Leonard Hamilton train all season long. Uh, I understand they have had a couple slip-ups towards the end of the season in ACC play. I think, like you mentioned with Houston, it is a case of getting bored with the teams you're playing. Um, they are built for the tournament. They are built for single elimination games like this. They are long, they are athletic, they are tough to guard, and they guard extremely well. Uh, that is a bad matchup for both Colorado and Georgetown right off the bat. That is a bad matchup for Michigan, for sure. And that is a bad matchup for any of the teams in the bottom part of that region. Um, The only team I could see having some sort of success would be either Texas or Alabama, strictly because Texas is basically Florida State light, depending on how you look at the guys. Um, And then Alabama runs up-tempo, which can wear out Florida State, but then again, they run a deep rotation and and move – Uh, pretty well themselves. So I I like Florida State coming out of this region. I think they play an absolute battle against Michigan and then take out Texas in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. With you 95% of the way, I have Florida State in the Elite Eight. I have them losing to Alabama. Of course. I I just love the way Alabama is playing right now. I love the fire with which they play. It is um, such... A well-coached team with uh, with what Nate Oates is doing, um, and 
the offense has been very, very good. Um, kind of seen resurgence from guys like Javon Quinterly, um, who really didn't amount to anything in Villanova, kind of finding new life in his career. But ultimately, what's going to push them over the edge is Herb Jones. And he is arguably the best defender in the country, depending on your opinion of Marcus Garrett of Kansas. So I think that's going to get Alabama through a potentially tough second round matchup against UConn. Um, and I think it'll be enough to get them through a very tough Elite Eight matchup against Florida State. And I'm with you. I think there are there are not a lot of teams like Florida State in March Madness, but some teams that can match up with them well do unfortunately happen to be in their own region. So if Texas were to make it to the Elite Eight, which I don't think they will, obviously, that would be a very tough matchup for Florida State because – Everything that Florida State can do well, Texas can as well. Um, very good shooting, very good defending, a lot of long and athletic guys everywhere. And Alabama can, can kind of do the same thing. They can keep pace. They can. They are not going to get easily flustered by Florida State's athleticism, considering they have so much on their roster themselves. And mm-hmm. I mean, they have they dominated the SEC all year and. I mean, you can certainly make the argument this year that the SEC was a better conference than the ACC. Um, so that's they're they're not going to be afraid of someone from a, a generally perceived more power conference. Um, and I, I mean, I I don't know if there are many hotter teams in the country than Bama. So I I think they keep rolling. It's it's a tough pick, I think, because of just how reliant Alabama is on the three. I, it feels like Villanova teams have passed. Then again, though, this is a significantly more athletic, uh, different style than Villanova likes to play. So I, I agree with that. I'll take it. Um, and yeah, I also just Florida State, Greensboro would have loved for Greensboro to be matched up with just about anybody else in the field. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was a team that I think a lot of people would have liked to um, pick as an upset special. Not saying it's not possible, but you could have um, had a much more favorable matchup than Florida state in the first round. Virginia, Virginia would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, All right. So do you have any upset specials in this region? I have just one and I'm sticking with the big East. I'm going to go Georgetown over Colorado. Um, Colorado's talented, but they just, it's Pac-12 basketball. I just don't see it when it comes to March, um, not physically see it. Like I watch it, but it's, I, I just don't see them performing when it comes time for it. And I know that's ironic because I do have USC winning a game, but Georgetown is as hot as anyone. They're coming off the COVID pause. They've won eight of their last 10. They've beaten the top half of the big East. Most of them pretty handily. They shoot the three extremely well. Jamarco Pickett, and Javon Blair have been solid. Dante Harris has been an absolute revelation these past couple weeks. And they have a legit back-to-the-basket big man in Cutis Wahab. So they they can beat you from a number of different levels. Um, and, and they are, like I said, one of the hottest teams in the country. They've gone through single, you know, the, the tournament-style play, the loser-go-home. This has been their season the last week, and, and they thrived in that situation. You're the Big East guy. I am not. Um, I I don't I don't think very highly of this year's Big East. Um, so I'm not 
not as impressed um, with Georgetown's run, but I, I will applaud the effort that it took to get them in the field and certainly the championship game over Creighton. I think right. that, uh, that absolutely removed any doubt. Um, I do have this game circled as my most intriguing first round game. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's the matchup of the, this year, the, the two worst performing power conferences, um, Colorado, one of the best teams in their conference, only able to snag a five seed. Um, I, I think it's, it's not as good as we could have liked to see Colorado uh, be with a guy as talented as McKinley right in the fold, but I think he's going to be good enough to get out of this first round game. I think Georgetown will give them one hell of a scare though. Um, so that's why I had that pegged as my, uh, my most intriguing first round game. Um, I don't really have, well, I have an upset in name only and I have a sleeper um, to make a deeper than expected run. Let's start with the upset. I've got a nine over eight, control yourself. Mm. Uh, but the Bonnies over LSU and LSU just put forth a, a phenomenal performance against Alabama in the SEC championship game. Both teams yeah. played extremely well. And I think that really raised LSU stock coming into the tournament, causing a lot of people to turn their heads, potential team that could make a run. So Michigan probably wasn't thrilled that they might have to play them in the second round. The good news is you won't have to, but you're going to play also a very, very good team in St. Bonaventure. Um, it's, it's not a deep team. Um, so that's that's the one thing where they could run into trouble. Um, they, they start five juniors and they don't really like to use the bench at all, but they have a very, very good rim protector, Osin Osimie, um, who is going to not only help um, defend against the likes of Trent and Watford in the first round, I think that'll be a great second round matchup going up against Hunter Dickinson. Uh, I mean, Mark Schmidt's a guy that, I think a lot of people expected to get a call from BC. Um, they obviously went elsewhere with their coaching search, which we can talk about later, but he has certainly proven he is capable of getting a high major job. Um, and I mean, just the, the perimeter threats they have guys like Dominic Welch that can help to um, carry the load. And they had a, a very impressive performance throughout the eight ten tournament, but especially in the championship, knocking off bones Highland and VCU. I think they beat LSU and I think they give Michigan one hell of a fight in the second round. I like the Bonnies as well. Um, I don't, I would say this is not much of an upset. I think no, LSU, I, I wouldn't either. I think LSU peaked early. I think we saw that in the SEC tournament and like they are talented. They do have guys, which is, which is key this time of year in March, having like a guy to go to, but I'm I'm not convinced with how they defend. And I think what we saw from the Bonnies against VCU in that A-10 title game was more than enough to convince me that they are a team that can win and advance in the NCAA tournament. Agreed. I do like BYU to go to the Sweet 16, though. Okay. That's my, that's my, uh, that's my sleeper in the region. Uh, I think... Texas is going to get absolutely everything they can possibly ask for in the first round from Abilene Christian. It's a team that defends at a very, very high level, won the Southland in a blowout in the championship game, technically an upset by seed, but 
holding Nicholas State to, I believe, 45 points. Um, just a, a taste of what they can do. And they already had a very good performance against Texas Tech earlier in the year defensively. So Texas will get out of that game. It'll be a lot for them to handle. But BYU over Michigan State or UCLA, whoever wins that, I love BYU in that game. Um, they are – as they always seem to be, they are absolutely loaded with shooters, and we saw what they can do. They they legitimately had Gonzaga on the ropes in the WCC championship game. Right. Playing that well every single game, obviously not going to happen. But even if they are at a step or two below that, that's going to be good enough to beat a lot of other teams in this field who aren't historically good like Gonzaga is. Uh, I mean – Alex Barcelo is, is their leader this year, um, seemingly always have a guy in his mold, leading them in scoring, 49% shooting from deep. Do have an old friend of mine, Matt Harms, transferred over from Purdue and give them more of an interior presence um, than they had, you know, before he committed because you, you have to replace a beast like Childs um, who is kind of doing everything for them on the interior. Last year, it's not quite as inside focused. They're going to have to hit a lot of shots to beat you, but they do hit a lot of shots. And Mark Pope is a fantastic coach. So I I like them to to beat the the first four winner, two teams that are having very, very disappointing seasons um, and honestly haven't done too much to change that other than, you know, Michigan State happened to get some key wins late in the season in between a lot of losses as well. And I mean, this is, as well as Shaka has done in the regular season at Texas, not the most promising uh, run of success in March outside of that one time at VCU. Um, so I think BYU is not going to be as athletic as Texas to match up in that game, but they are going to take care of the ball and they are going to shoot extremely well. So I think they make it as far as Alabama before losing to the Tide. I think that was probably the toughest game in this region for me to pick was the second round BYU Texas and I had Texas winning and going to the elite eight, but it was not like it, I, I definitely see it as more of a coin flip than, than any other contest in this region. So um, the Cougs showed a lot. I think like we talked about with Gonzaga, they, they played an unbelievable first half and fell apart a little bit in the second half and still, I guess you can put it both ways. They only lost by 10 when they didn't play very well in the second half. Yeah. And also attribute that to Gonzaga making significant adjustments and, and right. playing more of their game where if they played that way from the start, probably would have not been that close at all. But again, like yeah. if, you're, if we're using Gonzaga as a measuring stick, they're going to make every team in the country look bad. They have, already made all of the biggest competitors in their own region look bad. Right. Um, so I'm not going to hold that against BYU too much. I am a glass half full guy, as you know, WCC guy. Um, so that's an indication of, of how good BYU is. And they're a legitimate top 20 team nationally. Mm -hmm. um, they, they have been for much of the year. So I don't think a lot of people really realize that um, when the conference championship game was happening, but they, uh, They'll, they'll certainly know once once BYU starts playing in, in the tournament. 100%. That's, that's the BYU way. What was your uh, most intriguing first-round game in the region? 
you had talked about it a little bit, but Texas Abilene Christian was number one. I mean, the two two state of Texas schools playing each other in Indiana is quite a statement there in and of itself. Um, like you said, Abilene Christian defends extremely well. Texas is going to have to shake off a little rust and kind of get into the swing of things. I think they are a very big rhythm team. And if they start slow, it could be a, a tough day. But they are going to have the advantage inside. They're going to have better guards. They're going to be taller and more athletic by a significant margin. They should dominate on the glass. Um, and if they can match Abilene Christian's defensive intensity, which is where Texas has thrived this year on the defensive end, they should be good to get through this game uh, with no problems. Yeah, I mean, the the seeds next to each school's names are there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but will be be interesting to see if any any magic can happen. You know, something something like a Stephen F. Austin type performance from another Texas school. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other players to to watch. We haven't talked about obviously James Booknight, UConn. Um, I, I think they will just coast through that seven ten matchup over Maryland, and he's a big reason why they're just completely different team when he's been on the court. Um, Cam Thomas at LSU, yep, one of the best freshmen in the entire country. Um, and then, so we, we mentioned the school, UNC Greensboro, um, Isaiah Miller specifically need to shout out um, back-to-back, not only SoCon Player of the Year, but back-to-back SoCon Defensive Player of the Year. Um, just talks to uh, how well-rounded his game is. And unfortunate, again, that uh, first-round matchup was, was Florida State after – another very very good season for west miller's team right yeah that it's a just a tough draw you know the committee does not do favors sometimes and and certainly saw it here um just an interesting tidbit about uh texas southern a potential first round matchup for michigan not only is johnny jones the coach everyone remembers him well they average 75 points a game and shoot 27% from three. So they do a lot of damage on the interior and just be aware of that little little fact that they happen to get through Mount St. Mary's. Yeah, they'll be playing their first game at Assembly Hall. Um, as that is where all the, uh, the 16 seed first four games will be. Um, mm-hmm. And also, of course, Rick Patino's in this region. I forgot to mention, I don't know if you yeah. saw that online. <laughs> Anybody had mentioned before, um, if not, we will we will break the news. Rick Pitino coaches at Iona. The Gales back in the NCAA tournament out of the MAAC. They will draw Alabama, and that's now uh, five schools that Pitino has taken to the NCAA tournament. So, yes, kudos to him. Depending on you know your your opinion on validity of coaching rumors. Could be sick someday, but yeah, that's a conversation for a different time. All right, so we've got our uh, our final fours for you. Just to recap, your uh, your four are Gonzaga, Baylor, West Virginia, and Florida State. That's correct. Mine are Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston, and Alabama. Um, how how do you see the uh, the final four and title game playing out? We get the game that we have deserved all season long. It is the only way to cap off 2020-21 college basketball season. 
Gonzaga Baylor and the Zags win it in a thrilling 77-75 game. I think uh, we get everything we deserve and everything we wanted out of this. That is both you and I and then college basketball as a whole. Zags win a title, um, finally get over the hump, as some people would say, and we get a great game between the two best teams and the two teams that have been the best the entire year. With you. I mean, the only thing I, I had a different prediction was the final score, but I've got Gonzaga over Bama, got Baylor over Houston, got the Zags over Baylor, 75-70 in the final. It is the results America deserves. It is the final matchup America deserves since we were so unfairly, uh, that was so unfairly ripped away from us earlier in the year. So we mm-hmm. need to get that back for sure. Um, and then, I mean, Gonzaga finally gets over the hump and, and wins the national title. Be great validation for Mark Few, what he has built over there. But before we get to that point, fortunately, there is a lot of basketball to be played, a lot for us as fans to consume. And again, just cannot overstate how excited I am, how excited we are for, for all of this to come together. We needed it. We all needed it. And this is uh, it's going to be a fun month. Uh, Just a reminder for dear listeners, keep an eye on our Twitter at at Frank Show. We will have stuff for you there all through the tournament. I'm probably going to try to get up some video quick hitters as well um, at times. And, of course, all the the highlights and snarky commentary that we love to give to you. Um, And, yeah, uh, that'll do it for this show. Um, We are – we're excited this March, and it is – time to celebrate the best time of the year.